Banking malware. We're all aware of the problem, but what's being most overlooked? Hi, this is Tom Field, Editorial Director with Information Security Media Group. We're talking about banking malware today. We're talking with Rocco Grillo, Managing Director at Protivity. Rocco, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having me, Tom. It's a pleasure. Just to get us started, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your role with Protivity, and for people that aren't familiar with the organization, a little bit about Protivity as well. As you mentioned, my name's uh, Rocco Grillo. I'm a managing director in Protivity's information security privacy practice. Been with the firm for roughly uh, seven years. Prior to that, I helped build a firm out of Carnegie Mellon University, uh, a managed security services firm. And prior to that, I was with Lucent Technologies. Uh, Protivity is a wholly owned subsidiary of Robert Half International, and we're an independent risk consultant firm focusing on um, business risk, technology risk, as well as internal audit services. Um, Protivity is a global firm, over 60 offices around the world, with roughly 3,000 employees spread out throughout the world. So, Rocco, let's talk about malware. Answer the question we talked about up front. What are banking institutions most overlooking right now? I think the biggest thing that the banks are that the banks are overlooking is that malware is not easily understood. And when I say not easily understood, it's not so much that they don't know what it is, as much as it's how to combat it, and more so. Where where's the Achilles heel? Because while financial institution after financial institution implements controls, it's the end user, whether it's an employee or a banking customer, that really is not aware of the risks that are involved with malware. Um, the other piece that I think we've seen a lot is the expertise in detecting and mitigating a lot of the risks that are out there. We're in a time where you know, the Internet has evolved to touch everybody in one shape or another, and not just from our business world, but even spreading over onto our personal world. And I think what you're starting to see is both worlds that are starting to converge. In the past, you used to have scenarios where um, companies would try to put directives out there that you wouldn't go to certain sites whether it's social networking or something along the lines of doing online banking during business hours or things along those lines. But as um, the Internet has continued to evolve, it's part of our everyday um, activities. And we've worked with some companies along the lines of um, whether or not to permit social networking. And social networking is an incubator for... Um, for social engineering, which are one of the tactics that are applied when malware comes into into the space. So in terms of what are they overlooking, um, I think it's the awareness of both their internal employees as well as customers, coupled with not trying to um, detect this with a single solution. I think banks need to have layered controls, defense in depth, if you will, other things that we've seen a lot of um, sophisticated attacks with encryption because while the controls are there in place um, to detect 
signature-based malware, there's a lot of uh, the anomalies that are out there that um, may, may be taking place. And encryption is a perfect example where y you may think that it's legitimate traffic that is going back and forth when in reality it's encrypted and you really don't know what type of traffic is um, traveling along um, the Internet. Well, Rocco, we all know about the Zeus botnet. What are some of the prevalent examples of malware we're seeing today beyond Zeus? I, I think um, the uh, drive-by downloads, for example, the, the Marabosa, or you know, signature agnostic types of attacks along the lines of, um, I'll go back to the, the end user going out to a lot of these sites where the where a piece of malware or a link to malware will be on a third-party site. Now, whether it's a social networking site or a company-owned site, you're going out to these sites in the, w with the intention of thinking you're going to a legitimate site. And a lot of the controls that are out there are able to detect, um, you know, sites that you shouldn't be going to or malware that may be out there but when when the links are embedded into the pages um, a lot of times the controls that companies may be using um, don't detect this so I, I think it goes back to the end user again going to the a lot of these sites that appear to be legitimate but at the end of the day may have a link that takes it to a third party um, that will lead to some type of malware attack now, what do you see as differences between what a banking institution might see internally versus what a banking customer might see? I'm thinking of all the instances we've had of ACH and wire fraud where it's been an error on the customer's end that has led to the malware coming in and, and doing its damage. Well, that, that's a good question. and I think on the banking side, especially the major uh, financial institutions, they've continued to preach security awareness, trying to drive the points home, but to my earlier point that the end user is the Achilles heel of any company for that matter or um, safeguard in any PC. The controls that are in place, whether it's someone in the IT organization or on the ju just a general end user at a company, um, they're continually being um, advised of the different risks that are out there uh, but again just advising someone of the risks that's only one piece of it a piece of the puzzle uh, being able to educate individuals or end users um, is one step but having the controls to help them acknowledge or recognize that just because they're cautious doesn't mean um, they're 100% secure uh, you know, you, you can have someone that's downloading something as simple as an Excel spreadsheet on, on payroll, for example. They can take a look at that. There can be malware in that Excel download that they have while they think they're taking a look at the different salaries, numbers, and figures. There's other active, malicious activity that has been launched that's going on in the background. So while there's all this education going on and controls being put in place, um, I think it's staying ahead of the curve uh, of emergent threats that are out there. On the individual, the bank and customer, I, I, the banks are really um, struggling with trying to educate 
um, customers for that matter. Because again, whether if you're an employee, you know what the policies are, you've been um, told or educated on the risks that are out there. As an individual, banks and other financial institutions are trying to educate the end user, but ultimately that end user that is doing their online banking is the same person that's doing uh, eBay transactions or just going out to some of the social networking sites. And again, I don't want to harp on the social networking aspect of it, but it's more so those are areas of the unknown where the identity of the sites or the individuals that you're communicating with are not validated and it's readily available for a cyber criminal to to exploit someone's vulnerabilities or identity for that matter. Um, you know, I, I think some of the areas that grow concerns when you start uh, mixing the main street user with the corporate user are a lot of these PDF um, exploits that are out there or um, a lot of the JavaScript attacks that are out there. Um, anything with uh, Flash Reader, any of these sites that you can go out to, whether to download um, a video, music, or whatever the case may be, um, they're they're all breeding grounds for malware. And end users that are exposed to those types of areas can very easily bring it into the, their online transactions with the financial institution. Well, let's talk about solutions. And when I say solutions, I'd like to include education in that as well. What do you find to be effective, and what do you find to be ineffective? Well, I, I think um, education is one of the biggest pieces. Um, but again, while you can have all the education in the world, if you don't have your your standard people, process, technologies approach to it, um, education is only going to get you so far. And a lot of times, you know, you hear from, we hear from companies that have been either um, compromised, exploited, or whatever the case may be, and they'll come back with. Well, we have antivirus software, or we have firewalls in place. The biggest piece is that one of those is not going to solve this. And the way to take this on is with layered controls, and not necessarily just from one specific vendor or um, software manufacturer. You can go out to any of the analysts that um, have you know rank ratings on all these different solutions, and it's not to implement the same solution, but it's more so um, a layered approach, um, having multiple types of controls in place that address different pieces. And we talked about um, third parties. A lot of times employees will reach out to, to third party sites and things along those lines. And it doesn't necessarily need to be social networking. It can be just part of their business. Having multiple controls along different parts of the network, whether it's the network side, the server side, firewalls and so forth, as well as um, you know anti-malware uh, software and so forth for uh, applications. Um, realistically, having that defense in depth approach is the way to take this on. Monitoring is a, logging and monitoring is another big one that uh, companies should be implementing. Um, all too often we're putting controls in place to uh, capture uh, signature attacks when in reality um, you should be looking for uh, an anomaly detection as well. There's a lot of uh, technologies out there that um, do a pretty good job at um, addressing that. I think one of the other pieces, and easier said than done, limiting access to 
uh, the internet. Um, if you're a company, uh, there's a, a handful of reasons why an individual user needs to get out to the internet. And now again, I'm not saying shut it down by any means altogether. Allow it where appropriate, whether it's external webmail, social networking is one that we continue to struggle with as an industry. Um, downloads, email monitor, and so forth. Um, secure remote access, um, VPN, um, work from home types of areas, the telecommuter. Um, you know, and, and into a virtual desktop environment rather than uh, the internal network. So from your perspective, Rocco, what do we need to do to prepare for the next generation of malware? What's coming down the pike? I think the, the biggest piece is not so much what's the, the next vulnerability coming down the site because attacks are happening as we speak but it's more so on an individual corporate basis and communicating those um, those types of exploits. Um, from an organization, uh, as a standalone organization, you need to take a look at your current environment, assess your vulnerabilities, review all the, the ingress and egress points, what's coming in, what's coming out, include vendor connections, assess how much visibility you have into what users are doing on the network and what, what kind of traffic is in, in on the wire. Um, you know, we, we talked about, you know, um, the, the end user. Um, you know, one of the biggest things that, um, from a corporate standpoint that's out there, is not just focusing on the infrastructure, but um, really focusing on your patch level for both the OS level as well as the network level. All too often we're focused on the perimeter and the infrastructure itself, but having controls in place for uh, desktops as well as servers is key to making this happen. Log monitoring, more and more companies have been implementing solutions. A lot of companies have come to us asking for guidance and advice on the, the right solution. Um, I, I don't want to say one solution fits all, but at the same time, there's a lot of industry-leading solutions. The key, though, is to make sure you have some type of log monitoring going on. Um, you know, how, how are things um, being monitored from the web, from email, internal traffic, as well as external traffic? And ultimately, I think companies need to take a step back and take a look at the state of affairs. Don't assume that we haven't been we haven't been exposed to to an attack in a while that we must be secure. Always try to stay one step ahead of the exploits, and the way to do that is with the layered approach. But again, continuing to educate the end user. Rocco, one last question for you. If you could boil it down to just a couple of points, what do banking institutions need to be doing now to, one, assess their current vulnerability, and two, and most importantly, to protect their customers, their consumers, and the business customers both? Well, to be, to, to be aware of um, emergent threats, I think we go back to the point that I said earlier, multiple layers as well as identifying um, particular particular anomalies that may be in place. I think one of the things that is really critical is that most financial institutions have uh, state-of-the-art incident response programs. A lot of it, um, you know, 
from, from a regulatory standpoint and so forth, um, you, you should be able to respond to an attack and not just a sophisticated attack, but pretty much any type of attack that comes your way. When you get into malware, we get into to real sophisticated attacks, and a lot of the attacks that are out there uh, we're not that familiar with. So from a malware standpoint, we know that they're prevalent, they're effective, and most of all, they're damaging. So realistically, companies need to define their response strategies should they identify a vulnerability, and it should be core to the objectives of the overall response plan. Uh, the plan should address malware incidents based on a proven framework and methodology. Uh, it should be flexible enough as well to address the IT as well as business operations, but at the same time flexible in the sense that as these new exploits come out, um, the organization is ready to respond to it rather than being caught in a reactive mode. I think on the banking side, I'm going to drill the pointy point home one more time is the education to it. Um, there's the control internally, externally um, continued to um, educate the online uh, bank and customer. Uh, there's some bank, banks and financial institutions out there that are offering, that have been offering uh, free um, antivirus software to ensure that not only to educate their customers but at the same time drive the point home that we're serious about security, but at the same time, we want to make sure you're, sec you're secure as well and serious about it, and we're, they're providing courtesy antivirus software. Rocco, thank you so much. I appreciate your time and your insight today. Tremendous. Well, thanks for the opportunity. It's a pleasure speaking with you. We've been talking about banking malware. We've been talking with Rocco Grillo, Managing Director at ProTivity. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.